This is Locked On Boston College. On today's show, we're going to be joined by John Garcia of SI All-American. He is an expert in recruiting, and he's going to talk to us all about Boston College recruits, Jacoby Robinson, and how the Eagles are perceived on the recruiting trail. All of this and more on today's Locked On Boston College. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Boston College, AJ Black here. With me, I have John Garcia of SI All-American, and he's here to talk to us on our Recruiting Wednesday. John, how's it going? It's going well. Just uh, just talking recruiting midweek. Uh, spring is, is wrapping up for the colleges, which means for us, that cover recruiting, it's going to ramp up for, for a spring ball down south in terms of watching the kids in full gear as opposed to camps. So I'm, I'm always excited for this time of year. Yeah, and it's it's been it's been heating up around uh, Boston College a lot. I know the coaching staff is out on the trail right now, um, talking to different recruits. They have seven commitments right now for the class of twenty twenty three, and one for the class of twenty twenty four. And John, I know you you kind of get to go to some of the camps down uh, down south, and you got to meet Jacoby Robinson, a quarterback that committed to Boston College from the class of twenty three from Henderson, Texas. He's a three star commitment. Um, he's been in the elite 11. We've talked a lot about him on our podcast. We actually played part of your interview a couple of weeks ago. Uh, what was your impression watching him throw? Well, at first, you know, you're, you're kind of taken aback by his size. I mean, I think he's listed as six, three, but he, he feels a lot bigger. I mean, he feels like he's one of these Jacoby Brissett quarterbacks where it's like six, four, 225 pounds, where you're just like, man, you can go line up at tight end if you need to. So you're stricken by his size first, and then you watch the kid play and throw. And, and, and for those who don't know, these Elite 11 workouts are like 400 throws in four hours. In, in, in Texas, in the sun, on turf, where the heat is like bouncing back on you. And he's coming off of an injury that I didn't even know about. So I was really impressed with his durability on a long day like that. You know, you expect that from bigger guys, but he was really consistent as the workout went on when some of the other guys were starting to fade back just a little bit. And when you can stand out as a quarterback in Texas on, on any front, it's a really big deal. That's, that's kind of quarterback heaven. Uh, so I, I really like where he is now, but you could also see room for improvement, right? Nailing down some of the mechanics as he gets healthy, working on some of that footwork. Um, you know, and then you look at his, his brother, Sean Robinson, he was a, a quarterback known for his athleticism. He was a little bit smaller than Jacoby, but you know, in his genes, he's got, he's got this twitch, as a runner, which I think could be another layer to his game that, that he could potentially develop down the line. But right now, AJ, he profiles as, as more of a pro style quarterback, which is obviously a great fit for Boston College. Big physical passer with a strong floor, but a lot more room to improve and grow over the next year plus before he gets there, which is, I think, what, what should get BC fans excited about his potential. Absolutely. And my, my question is, and I think a lot of fans were wondering this and they've asked me. Uh, you know, a, a kid like this, a kid from Texas uh, with that kind of skill set and, and I agree, he's a bit sounds like it's a, a little bit more of a project at this point, but a guy that has a ceiling that seems seems intriguing. Um, what now, John, what do you see as uh, the reasons why maybe other schools in the Texas area haven't really um, you know, connected with him? Well, it's because he had to sit, you know, he, he's had a, a solid program at Henderson and, and really didn't get to shine 
as the guy, quote unquote, until this past year, uh, 2021, um, where he got to really flex a little bit more. And I think, you know, in Texas, Texas, Florida, California, Georgia, if you're not on radar as a sophomore going into your junior year, it's hard to then strike up on that radar. So Mm -hmm. I do think that, you know, and, and Henderson also is not, it's not in Dallas. It's not in Houston. It's not one of these, you know, premier programs that everybody is making it a point to, to check out as well. So I think kind of the timeline for Jacoby's ascent as the guy there um, and, and his location all factored into a bit of a slow start on the trail. But once he got going this past year, he was really good. I mean, I think he only threw two interceptions in a pretty balanced offense, he protected the football, scored a bunch of touchdowns and, and proved pretty accurate from a completion percentage standpoint. So he's got a lot of what makes uh, a quarterback great flashing in that junior tape. So now you want to see him take the next step as a senior. But I wouldn't worry about his early offer list uh, if I'm a BC fan. I mean, and we know, look, we know what the schools are doing in Texas. Texas Tech and Baylor already have verbal commitments. Texas is all in on Arch Manning, you know, so it's like a lot of these schools, Texas A&M had a quarterback commitment and then he decommitted a couple of weeks ago. So these these big schools in Texas were kind of done or at least done identifying targets in the class of 23. And that's one of the, I guess, downsides of playing in such a premier state like Texas, Florida, Georgia, California, is that you can get lost in the shuffle a little bit down the line. So I wouldn't worry about it too much um, with Jacoby. So it sounds like to me, you know, Boston College has made their bread and butter in years past with finding these diamonds in the rough and finding guys that are a little under recruited, but that they can build up and develop. And it sounds like Robinson might be that perfect fit. I think so. And he's a high academic kid, too. I mean, like Yale was was in the mix for him at at one point. Like, so Mm -hmm. this is this is not a, a kid who you're just trying to figure things out about. He's a smart kid. I mean, you heard the interview, extremely articulate. Big physical stature is mirrored in, in kind of the confidence that he gives off. And we, we were talking to him like, hey, you look pretty good out here. And he was like, nah, man, I could have done so many things better. And you're like, oh, you're kind of surprised to hear that. But that's what you want at that position. There is no settling for, for anything at that position. So I think he's got a lot of physical and mental tools that you can build around, especially if he's got some time to develop. So really curious to see what he looks like as a senior, but was really impressed when I saw him in person a couple of weeks back. Excellent. Okay. Okay. So now we're, we're looking at some of the, the commitments Boston college has, has landed. What pops to me is their, their defensive line. They've clearly put an emphasis on getting some, getting some guys to, to, to early in that, to fill either the, the edge rush or, uh, in the interior for the Eagles um, and, the, and the names that popped up. And I know you've kind of, talked a little bit about on SIL American were Jordan Mayer and Eric's Doggerty. Can you talk a little bit about either of those guys? Yeah. You know, I, I really liked Mayer's tape. I thought he was, was kind of a new age space player. Uh, and he's got this frame, you know, six, four, two, I don't know, two forty or so where you, you say, okay, well he can be a, a true edge where he's off the ball, rushing the passer from the front or the backside. Or you say, Hey, if he gains some weight in, in the ACC, Now he could put his hand in the dirt and be more of a versatile defensive line piece. So I think physically there's a lot to like with with his frame and his skill set because he did look really comfortable on tape coming off of the edge and actually plays a lot of snaps off the football as more of a traditional linebacker, which is 
pretty rare for a kid that big at the high school level. Um, and, and we know Pennsylvania, where, where he's from. Um, Clareton's a school that, that has had a ton of top prospects over the years. So I think winning that recruitment in general was, was a pretty big deal. But then you watch the tape and you, see, and you just see scheme fits with him because that's, that Boston College defense is always aggressive. Uh, and guys like that who can play multiple positions and maybe develop into another altogether usually thrive in those systems. So I, I like that get uh, for BC. And as you mentioned, you, know, you, you look at the commitment list and they're, they're ready to go in the front seven. And it's only, you know, mid-April at this point. So that's a very good place to start. And I think that goes into where, you know, the perception of, of people uh, looking at BC. It's like, you know, you're going to get versatile, aggressive, schematically smart defenders. And I think that's what you've started to complement uh, the, the headliner of the class who we just talked about. You start to complement him with pieces like that. And, and it gets interesting really quickly. All right. In a moment, John and I are going to talk a little bit about the national perspective about Boston College recruiting. You're not going to want to miss that. We'll be back in just a moment. Now, if you know me, you know I am a huge fan of the Built Bar. It is 100% covered in chocolate. It is delicious, and it helps you eat healthy, and you're going to enjoy eating them. They are a protein bar covered in 100% chocolate with some delicious flavors. And if you've not tried out the Puffs yet, what are you waiting for? They have some great flavors, including the cinnamon churro, the coconut marshmallow, and banana cream pie. I'm just getting hungry thinking about these. They have 130 calories for most of these bars, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, 17 grams of protein. How are you going to beat that with any other bar? You're not going to. They have flavors of their original bars, including mint brownie, coconut, and coconut almond, and limited time flavors that you can only find by going to Built.com. Now, Built, they love us, and they have a special deal. If you head over to Built.com and use promo code LOCK15, you're going to get 15% off your order. Again, head over to Built.com and use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. This is Locked On Boston College, AJ Black, and this is Recruiting Wrap-Up Wednesday, and I'm joined again by SI All-Americans John Garcia, who's been talking to us about the Class of 23 with BC. And one of the conversations I had with John before we got on the air was about the national perspective about Boston College, because, you know, we talk about BC from our perspective of people who cover the team, like like myself versus the fans, but it's the perspective of the school from the recruits and the coaches themselves that really make the impact of how Boston College looks on the recruiting trail. And John, now that Jeff Halfley has taken over, his staff has been out on the trail, you know, and I've talked a little bit about how, They've, you know, really spread their wings all over the place. You know, they've been recruiting all over the place. What has been the kind of reception and perspective you've heard from recruits from around the country? Well, they certainly get excited about Halfley, like individually, right? I mean, I think his resume is pretty well documented before he got to BC. And, and they're really, that, that transition that you, you expect uh, of, of maybe slow at the beginning and then it starts to pick up momentum that never really happened, right? I mean, he kind of hit the ground running at BC relative to, to what they were before he got there. Um, and, and now there's a lot of expectations coming with Boston College. Uh, so I think his, his individual, you know, uh, impact is pretty strong with BC. But in talking to Jacoby and some of these other kids, it's like, but then you also get this academic element of, of Boston College uh, that everybody likes to hear, especially the more mature kids and, of course, the people around, right, high school coaches parents, mentors, trainers, all those people, they love that element of, of Boston College and, and what has become a pretty 
wide open ACC, right? I mean, Florida State had its run, Clemson's run. Is it still going? I mean, we'll, we'll see here pretty soon. But, you know, the ACC feels wide open. So if you are in the region or not, you know, there's this sense of, of hey, this, this thing could really get going uh, at a school like Boston College in, in the short term. Uh, so I think that sells on the recruiting trail as well. But perceptively, uh, people think of high academics, they think of the quarterback play, and they think of defense. They think of aggression and a defense that can compete. And I think those things always sell on the recruiting trail, particularly when you have to go outside of your natural footprint, which Boston College has always had to do, right? You're going to have your your local kids, but you're going to have to dip into the rest of that ACC footprint and, and even beyond, like we talked about with, with Robinson coming all the way from Texas. Uh, you're going to have to dip out of that footprint at times as well. So if your perception is that positive, I think it's a good starting point to, to where kids get that scholarship offer and they say, oh, okay, I know one, two, three, four, five. You know, they start checking boxes with, with Boston College uh, as opposed to saying, you know, nobody's saying where is that or, or what have they been doing lately. I think it's pretty well known, um, particularly on the East Coast and even West uh, into that Texas footprint. So – one of my my thoughts and uh, something that I've I've been kind of batting around is that BC, you know, there's a lot of Massachusetts recruits that are John. We were talking about this before that are really highly ranked right now. You have Samson Oak and Lola, a, you know, a five star offensive lineman, Jonella Garo, a four to five star. You know, these guys are top top recruits, and and uh, Ronan Hannafin, who's you know being recruited by Alabama, you know. What are your thoughts about BC? Is BC in the conversation with any of these kids or are they already on to like the blue bloods and moving on past a school like Boston College? Yeah, I think that's that's kind of the danger of of when a recruit does blow up that is local. It, it goes to such a national scale so quickly. You know, you mentioned yeah. with, with Jonell being down in Florida at IMG last year, there was no chance that his recruitment stayed local after he made that move. So even now that he's back in Massachusetts, it's still kind of this like, well, is he going to go to Georgia or Ohio State or maybe Florida gets in? Like it, it feels totally national. And, and I know he was thinking about making a commitment earlier in the process. So I think it's pretty tough for BC to get back in with a kid like that. But now that he's back home, I do think they have a chance to at least get him on campus because he now all of a sudden doesn't seem like he's ready to make that verbal commitment. But I think with the other two, you know, they were already local, but they blew up at the same rate as national recruits, particularly Oak and Lola at, at such a coveted position like offensive tackle. I mean, when you're 6'6", six, six, 300 pounds, it's, and, and you move like that with his wrestling background, it's like he's a, he's a perfect prospect, right? It's like the type that you build on, on a video game or something like that. So everybody and their mother is in on, on his recruitment. So it just it's become bigger. Um, than Boston College for him you know so I think that's that's the the tough thing to deal with when you don't recruit locally as consistently as other schools in your conference and then a couple local kids come around and they're they're national in such short order it becomes tough to keep them them back home so really you just fight to stay in the race you fight to get them on campus uh, and you kind of go from there but he's you know he's definitely these three are definitely of course well aware of, of Boston College. And it wouldn't shock me if BC stayed in the game for, for one of them, but it's going to be hard to land their their recruitment or their commitment, which is of course what matters there in the end. Yep, absolutely. You don't you don't uh you don't win unless it's hand grenades or horseshoes, you know. Uh but exactly. John, thank you for coming on to talk BC football and recruiting. Uh where can people find your work? 
Yeah, real simple. SI.com slash college or on social media at SI All American on, on all your favorite platforms. And, and my handle's uh, my name, John Garcia underscore JR. All right, John, thanks for coming on. And we'll have you again on again soon. We'll be back in Sounds just a good, moment. AJ. Are you in the process of doing work on your car? Why spend 30, 50, or even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store car dealership when you can head over to rockauto.com today and save? Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer, and they have everything. All you need to do is head to rockauto.com, put in your make and model, and boom, their easy-to-search catalog has everything, including brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. So head over to rockauto.com right now. Check out their easy-to-use website and see all the parts available for all your cars and trucks. And write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Locked on Boston College, AJ Black here. Get some exciting news for you. If you are into the NFL draft, you're not going to want to miss starting Thursday, April 28th, the Locked on NFL Drafts live coverage of the 2022 NFL Draft with three days of real time analysis from our extensive lineup of experts and insiders. And for those of you dying to know who your team will take, catch Odyssey and Locked On's NFL Mock Draft Special, hosted by Brian Peacock and former scout Matt Williamson on the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, all week leading up to that first pick. So it was kind of a busy day on Tuesday in terms of news around Boston College. The biggest news had to do with hockey, as Jerry York held his goodbye press conference um Goodbye. Retirement press conference. Goodbye sounds so sad. His retirement press conference on Tuesday. It was uh, shown on their Twitter account, and I'm going to actually retweet this on the Locked On BC podcast uh, Twitter at Locked On BC, so you can find it. But it had uh, it started off with Pat Kraft uh, giving off kind of a list of all the accomplishments, both as a hockey coach and as a man that Jerry York had done with Boston College. It's just so incredible to think. Here's a guy that was with BC for 28 seasons. He played for BC, went to BC High. You know, his whole life, other than those years with Clarkson and Bowling Green, were with Boston College. But this guy put together, Jerry York put together quite the accomplishment. We We went over this in our Jerry York retirement episode, so I'm not going to repeat it. But it was incredible just to hear Pat Kraft list some of the things that he did. And, you know, the, the the room that they were in, I think it was in the Yockey Center, was filled with current and former players all there to support Jerry. And then Coach York, after Pat Kraft talked, he came on. And I love listening to Jerry York talk because he, he is uh, very interesting. And some of the things I thought that were really interesting that he brought up was that, you know, he loved his time at BC and didn't want to ever leave. But he had two NF NHL job opportunities that he received that almost pulled him away. And he kind of talked about that. One was with the Washington Capitals and one was with the LA Kings. And I believe the GM of the LA Kings at the time he was saying was a BC grad. So he knew Jerry York. But Jerry York went back to he doesn't want to he didn't he never was really super interested in the pros. He liked the development of young men is what he said, you know, like develop, developing them in the Jesuit ideal. And I thought that was a really telling say from what Jerry York is like, you know, coaches can coach like, you know, Nick Saban's a great coach and Coach K is a go good coach. But it's what they bring to your school that makes a coach a legend. Right. And Jerry York lived and breathed and he said it his his motto was ever to excel which is boston college's motto and 
he just kind of wrapped it up and you know pro- a shout out to Emma Healy who asked some great questions she's uh the editor of the heights now we've had her on the show before um she did a great job there but you know I thought Jerry York just you know it was it was sort of bittersweet as as someone as myself who's gone to countless hockey games who you know he was my connection from being a fan to being a writer to talking about him on this podcast it's it feels like something's going to be missing next year and no coach that they bring in is going to fill that void because Jerry York has been the face of BC hockey for over you know over 25 years and did so much and now to think that someone else is going to take over it doesn't seem it doesn't seem real until we actually see it on the ice so it was a nice little fitting tribute to to York um and I don't think BC's next coach will have the Boston accent that Jerry York has because I love listening to him talk. Um, but it was great to listen to him and check out the whole interview. You can hear his remarks. Um, I retweeted that at Locked On BC. Now let's go over to the men's basketball side of things. And Gianni Thompson finally did enter the transfer portal, according to Verbal Commits, uh, the Twitter handle. Now, some people are like, oh, yeah, is Verbal Commits real? When I reached out to BC, Verbal Commits basically is like the running tab of the transfer portal. When a player officially gets in to the transfer portal, Verbal Commits is like the legitimate, like, like notification of that happening. So Gianni Thompson definitely is. It's just, it was surprising to me. I know Tyler Calharuso reported it like a while ago and props to him for getting it right. Um, But Gianni Thompson was just practicing with BC and was on their Instagram page like last week. So, you know, there's all sorts of things that go on with the transfer portal that we're still learning about as the media members. Um, And I'm not sure if it was from BC side or from his side that eventually decided, Oh, this is the time to do it. But he's gone now. He's going to be transferring. Now, Thompson is an interesting recruit. Uh, he committed to Jim Christian, but stuck with it when they transferred, uh, when they transitioned over to Earl Grant. He was a four star uh, forward out of Brimmer in May. He was originally from Dorchester, lived in Newton, um, and was a very sought after. He was, a, I think, top 125 on 247 and was one of the, you know, a, a solid recruit. Now, when you watched him last year, though, you didn't see that. And I'm not going to bash Gianni Thompson. I, you guys know me. I'm my, my job here, I don't like to bash college kids. I'm just going to say he didn't look comfortable out there. Um, clearly, and Grant said it at different points, he was trying to kind of slowly work him in, which in basketball is not what you usually do with a lot of like really talented freshmen. You, you usually just get them out there, right? And he ended the year only with seven minutes per game. And that seemed like a lot. <laughs> I mean... I don't. There were certain games where Gianni Thompson just wasn't there, um, and you know he didn't. He just didn't look comfortable. And you know he could find his role someplace else, and and really blossom. It could happen, but it just didn't seem like it was working with BC. Because if you were to ask me, watching on film, what he did any different than Kanye Jones, who just transferred, I couldn't tell you because Thompson never really looked very comfortable out there. He wasn't much of a shot at that point. He was, you know, he was there on defense, but it wasn't great. So, you know what? Like you, you hate to see four stars leave, but remember folks, this is me being positive here again. Basketball four stars are very different than football. Four stars, four stars in football. It's there's something about it. And I'm not going to get into the specifics of like how they evaluate players, 
But football four stars are more likely, I feel like, to to land and be really good than basketball four stars. I mean, look at BC's previous four stars that they've had. You know, Jarris Hamilton. Was he I mean, he's going to his fourth school in four years. Um, not what you thought he would be. Damar Langford, he's gonna I think he's gonna be hip. Is he a four star yet? Is he playing like a four star? What you would expect? No, I don't think so yet. Yet. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bash him. Um, but he's he's got a little bit of room for development. I'm just saying, if you could have Gianni Thompson, who kind of doesn't fit into what you're doing, or go out to the transfer portal and get a wing that can shoot, get you know a, a solid four or a, more depth at 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 the five, you do that, right? You need you need to get guys on your bench, and you need to build out your bench a little bit. And if Thompson's not what you what Grant envisions, because remember Grant wasn't the one that recruited him then it's probably best for all involved. Gianni Thompson can go someplace else that maybe fits his style better, and uh, Earl Grant can enter the transfer portal and look around to find a guy that fits his style better. So, honestly, my my philosophy always with the transfer portal, it's good for everyone involved at this point because, you know, players are not getting paid, or they're not paying getting paid a ton, uh, just NIL deals. They need to do what's best for them and their families, and if they don't feel like it's working at the school that they're in, they have every right to move on. So good luck to Gianni Thompson. And now BC has two transfer slots available. So it's going to be interesting. You know, I kind of was kind of slowing down on what what to expect for BC um, in the transfer portal. But, hey, if you got two more, there could be some exciting names coming up. So we'll have to keep our eyes open on that. Now, on tomorrow's show, a listener on um, – and a reader, Lumpy One, I like using your names, on uh, Maroon and Gold forums, asked a question that I want to answer. And I talked about what lessons we learned about BC football out of spring practice. On tomorrow's show, I'm going to ask what questions still are are coming up about BC football after spring practice. So from the definitive to the questionable, we'll get into all of that tomorrow. Thank you all for listening. If you like our show, go wherever you listen on your podcast. Give us five stars. Go to YouTube. Type in Locked On Boston College and hit subscribe. I saw a whole bunch of new ones today. Love to get some more before the end of the week. So do that if you have a moment. Thank you all for listening. You can follow me on Twitter at AJBlack underscore BC. Have a great day, everyone. Enjoy your Wednesday.